Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerefil enbiyeyi vel mursalim Muhammedu Resulullahi sallallahu aleyhi ve ala aleyhi ve sahibi ve sellem. Teslimen kathiren kathira. Fama ba'du. My brothers and sisters, when we read the seerah and look for what were the changes that the Sahaba of Rasulullah did in their lifestyle after they accepted Islam, then we see three important elements, very critical elements. Now it's important to think about this because we live in societies which are not Muslim. Just like the Sahaba lived in a society which was non-Muslim. We live in under governments which are not Muslim, which means that the law of the land is not the Sharia. And the Sahaba also lived, especially in Makkah, in a regime which was not Muslim. So the they did not have laws as we have laws, but they had you know customs and practices and so on. But which were also not rooted in Islam, obviously, because it was not there. Yet, they managed to create a way of life and they managed to create examples of um, examples of can- conduct, character, which to this day, 1400 years later, they are an example for us. So what did they do? The first thing the Sahaba did was they changed where they spent their free time. Hmm? If you think about it, they did not change their businesses and so on, except except when the ayat came, prohibition of interest, which was in Madina, it was not in Makkah. Then of course those who were in the banking business and so on, they changed. Like Al-Abbas and and so on. But until then, the their trade, and whoever was in agriculture, somebody was in animal husbandry, they, are, they were shepherds and various things. Those continued. They, those did not change. People were, they went, they took their caravans to Syria and to Yemen and all of that. But what changed was what happened in their free time. In their free time, they spent their entire free time in Baitul Arqam, which was the it was the equivalent of the masjid. Rasulullah had the house in which he used to be, he used to teach, he used to uh, pray. The Sahaba would spend their time there. So the first change that they brought in their lives was that they spent as much time as possible in the masjid. It was not called a masjid at that time, but effectively that's what it was. The second big change that they practiced was in their list of friends. Now again, I'm differentiating the two things. 
business they did with anybody whoever what you were selling someone someone wants to buy it you sell it khalas there is no uh, problem with that as long as somebody is paying my paying the price which i am charging i will sell you are looking at the optional relationships which is friendship who are their friends their friends were no longer the people of uh you know their tribe and so on and so on indiscriminately their friends were other muslims so they changed their friends list and their friends became other muslims and the third thing they did was that they entered into islam completely whatever had been practiced uh, had been prescribed they did it totally not partially now if i compare this with our own lifestyles today we have deficiencies in all of this if you ask yourself how much time do i spend in the masjid we have the answer and it's not a question sahaba didn't say no 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 you see ya rasulullah you must have some events create some events then we'll come The masjid is not a cinema theater. The masjid is not your entertainment place. Come to the masjid, sit and sit and read Quran. Come to the masjid, make zikr. Come to the masjid, pray nawafil. What event do you want? If there is something happening, Alhamdulillah. But we have made the masjid into the alternative for MGM. That is not what the Sahaba had. The masjid is the house of Allah. I come here to connect with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Event, no event is not my issue. Second thing is, who are on the list of our friends? May Allah help us. Even though we have people on the list of our friends, many of us whose names are Muslim, but their behavior is very far from Islam. Now I am not telling you to sit in judgment on them. That is not our job. but at the same time if you have muslims who do not practice islam this is even more harmful than a non muslim who does not practice islam because non muslim who doesn't practice islam is understood expected how will he practice he is not a muslim but if a, if there is a muslim who is not praying if there is a muslim who is eating or drinking haram or if there is a muslim who is behaving in things in, in ways which are not permissible that's a bigger problem now in that to add to that is the issue of our children you know so many times people who have reverted to islam young people who revert to islam so whenever i get to talk to them i am always very interested to ask them what brought you to islam why islam especially in today's world where islam gets a bad rap from everywhere so how come you become muslim almost invariably without exception you know what they say they say i had this friend and he used to pray in my college my roommate was this muslim boy or girl and they would pray on time in the room itself this is the power of friends now please understand this i am saying this to you from one angle which is for the non muslim the power of a muslim friend who prays but remember for your muslim child 
the opposite is equally powerful which is a muslim who does not pray or a muslim who indulges in haram or a non muslim who is not a muslim at all and that person does whatever they do this is equally powerful for your muslim child if they are exposed to that on a daily basis so how much time do you spend in the masjid number 2 is how much time who are our friends and who are the friends of our children this is something that we should be concerned about and we should know and the third thing is selective obedience is disobedience right selective obedience is disobedience selective obedience is arrogance allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to do three things and i say but i will do only two so you you may want me to do three but sorry i won't do three i will do only two because the third one i li- i like you know either i like or i don't like whichever it is selective obedience is arrogance is kibr and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly mentioned selective obedience in the quran in surah al-baqarah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said afatu minuna bi ba'dil kitabi wa takfuruna bi ba'd are you going to be selectively obedient do you take do you take something from the book and you leave out something from the book do you accept something from the book and you deny the other things in the book selective obedience you pick and choose and then what did allah say allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said the reward and the word reward there jaza is used as a in a sarcastic sarcastic way because allah is not mentioning jaza he is mentioning saza he is mentioning the punishment but he is calling jaza may yafalu dhalik khizyun fil hayati dunya starts here right here the punishment is that the life of this world will be made very hard for them it will be constricted for them khizyun fil hayati dunya wa yawm al akhirah yuraduna ila ashadil adab and on the day of judgment they will be turned towards the worst of punishment for who allah is not this is not for the kufar not for the mushrikeen not for those who completely deny the kalam of allah this is for those who selectively practice islam so we seem to have this argument we say no no but you know after all they are doing something after all doing something is not an is not an argument in islam because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ya ayyuhalladhina amanu udkhulu fi silmi kaffatan fully completely please understand i i remind myself when you allah is not pleading with us allah is not begging us allah is not requesting us naudbillah allah is giving a hukam and allah is saying if you don't do that i will punish you it is not a request please excuse me can you please do something no this is your hukam aqimus salam is aqimus salam there is no how much salah whatever has been prescribed for you five salah five salah no i will pray this i will not. that is not the choice is not given to aqimus salah which salah all the five salah kanat alal mu'minina kitaban maqutan has been has been established on you and it is fard on you so also other things now what was the result of this 
لائف اسٹائل آف دا صحابہ رضوان اللہ علیہ میں اسپینڈنگ ٹائم ان دا مسجد میننگ ود رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم لرننگ دین کنیکٹنگ ٹو اللہ سبحانہ وتعالى چینجنگ देयर فرینڈز لسٹ اینڈ بیئنگ ود پیپل ہو ار اوبیڈینٹ ٹو اللہ سبحانہ وتعالى اینڈ پریکٹسنگ دا دین فلی اینڈ کمپلیٹلی واٹ واز دا ریزلٹ آف دیٹ ان دا سیم جنریشن از رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ان ون جنریشن اللہ سبحانہ وتعالى کمپلیٹلی ٹرن देयर ڈیسٹنی 180 ڈگریز فرام بیئنگ دی the the most oppressed and weakest of people they became the role models they became the leaders of the community and then after that allah gave them futuhat they conquered territories they got money they got government they got land they got everything because of this i remember myself when you let us learn from the seerah of rasulullah sallallahu that is the reason why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his nabi and that is why he caused every action and every time of his nabi to be recorded so that we can remember and we can practice in our own lives if we don't do that then that same record will become a hujjat against us we don't want this we wanted to be a hujjat in our favor as the arab we did our best let us try to do our best to the best of our abilities and promote it and and, and help others and our own families inshallah rabbana faqir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyi'atina wa tawfana ma laqra ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اننا كنا من الظالمين رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين